the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The U.S. National Hurricane Center says Tropical Storm Ophelia made landfall this morning on the North Carolina coast. There are flood warnings that right now are in effect for New Bern, North Carolina, and Greenville, North Carolina, and we're expecting uh, flooding conditions to spread northward, basically, into eastern North Carolina and southeastern Virginia later today. The mayor of Dallas changing political parties. Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson says he's switching to the Republican Party, making the city the largest in the country to be led by a GOP mayor. Although mayoral offices in Texas are nonpartisan, the switch is a boost for Texas Republicans who have been losing ground around the state's major cities for more than a decade. That is Shelley Adler reporting. Israel has launched a series of airstrikes on the Gaza Strip. That's after Palestinian activists launched incendiary balloons into Israel. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Former President Donald Trump is indicted yet again. Senator Tom Cotton. I think it's another politicized prosecution that's more befitting of a third world banana republic than our great country. Join us for our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Just past 1 o'clock, you know what that means. Live, local, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Coming up here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Minnesotans, from a conservative viewpoint, talking about Minnesota politics. That's on the way. From the Genovations Regen Weather Center, a chance of rain all weekend long. Today we should get to a high of around 76. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that's making talk radio great again. That's a terrible Mitch Berg impersonation. No, it's not Mitch Berg. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg. Uh, Mitch and I are actually uh, switching broadcasts this weekend, so great that you could uh, tune in. But fear not, those of you who want to hear Mitch, well, I hope you hang with the show for the next couple of hours. We've got a lot to get to, but Mitch will be in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3, so we hope you can tune in then as well. Again, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For comments or questions, and we do have the live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, so feel free to check us out there as well. Going to get started right away with an in-studio guest. Our representative, Elliot Engen, represents Minnesota uh, State House District 36A, which includes the cities of uh, Lionel Lakes, White Bear Township, Centerville, Circle Pines, uh, that fine area. Uh, Representative Engen has uh, been on the front lines, well, of a a lot of contentious issues, to be sure, given the DFL has a complete trifecta in state government. But one that has been really raised this past few weeks has to do with school resource officers and how certain law enforcement jurisdictions hesitant to participate in the program because of a new law that the DFL trifecta had implemented that... um, some officers are concerned may restrict their ability to uh, accurately perform or adequately perform their job. So with that in mind, we welcome to the broadcast. Elliot Engen, our representative, good to have you in the broadcast. How Thanks for you? having me back. It's always a blast to be in yeah. here. Now, you've been on my show a couple of times as a, as a candidate. Yep. Um, now, as a representative, I know you've been on our colleague Jack Tomzak's show. I don't know if you've been on with Mitch before, but great I to have you so. in. 
as a sitting representative, regardless. No, uh, I really appreciate it. It's it's good to be in as a as a rep. I know we were in as a candidate in twenty and in twenty twenty two prior to November, but uh, now we get to talk about a whole host of issues that the DFL has created for the state. And currently, the uh, youngest member in the Minnesota legislature, the entire legislature. So. Uh, some days I don't feel like it, so <laughs> it depends on the day. <laughs> But, uh, yes. And one of your constituents, a longtime friend of the broadcast, uh, NASCAR Kelly, uh, just texted me saying, uh, she says hello. She Tell says, her I said hi. Is, is Kelly listening? Uh, I don't know if she's uh, listening or, or not. but She's she, terrific. Yeah, she is. She is. And uh, we're trying to get Kelly back uh, to fill in for Mitch uh, coming up in the next uh, couple of months. When will that be? Well, you'll just have to tune in to find out. Uh, Kelly could be on at any at any point in time. So. Amen to that. She's a fighter. So. Absolutely. So. Well, as I alluded to, Representative Engen, uh, we're talking about the school resource officer issue. We've talked about it on this show. Mitch has raised the issue on his broadcast, as has Jack. Very, very serious issue. Obviously, the DFL uh, wanting to ensure no kids go hungry. But apparently, uh, safety has seemed to have uh, taken in a backseat, given this law that was passed. Why don't you kind of give maybe a uh, uh, kind of a... I don't know, a 10,000-foot view of the law that was passed and why certain law enforcement jurisdictions are hesitant to continue to participate in the program. Yeah, so 30,000-foot overview. You have a session in which the DFL is is claiming that they're going to be feeding kids. Like you said, they're going to make this state the best to live, work, and raise a family. Um, but it's not going to be the safest state for, for our students. It's not going to be the safest state um, for anybody who either learns or teaches in a school. Um, so they pass out of their education omnibus bill. And for those of you who may, might not know what an omnibus bill is, it's basically a package of a package of bills, sometimes 500, 600 pages long. And in that education omnibus bill, they put in a section of statute that changes the reasonable force laws for SROs and particularly what kind of restraints they can use in a potential violent situation. And that that change basically said that what you can do as a law enforcement officer when patrolling is not what you can do in a school. Mm, And so that changes a lot because if you're told that based off of where you work, you know, you might have two different locations, a different job. Imagine being a, a McDonald's worker and you're told to make a burger one way at one location and another way at another. It's going to create some confusion. There's going to be some chaos there. And now there's increased liability concerns. Those those SROs are not um, they're not protected either by their union or by the department in which they work for if a lawsuit is brought forward, either criminal or civil. And so that uh, that increased liability that's what's pulling these SROs out of out of schools, and our students and teachers and staff are less safe because of it. So what a, there's been talk going forward. Uh, about this uh, particular law, I know a lot of your Republican colleagues have called on the governor to say, hey, let's call a special session. Let's just get this excerpt fixed yeah. and we'll be good uh, going forward. Because, again, the special session is under the purview of the governor. Only he can call it. He's uh, been he has refused to do so. And, and a lot of his quotes early on, particularly at the state fair, there were yeah. media members that were asking about this at the state fair. He's, ah, oh, look, you know, this is an issue. They're still able to do their jobs. And. And this is typical of what Governor Walls has done. He says, well, yep. you know, this is just a, it's just a handful of districts that, that do this. The vast majority still have, have SROs in, in schools. So, hey, hey, both, hey, of my, both of my uh, school districts in my, in my uh, house district do not have them. This, guess, is, this is perfect prime Governor Walls being a terrific politician and a horrible leader. Right, right. A terrific politician. We saw that in 2020. Very, yeah. very fluently. He's very good at talking. The action part is what's always missing. And there are now, as of today, there are 40-plus districts that are without SROs because of his, um, his party's legislation. He has the means to be able to fix this today. This would take less than an hour. We could go in. We could fix it. We could have an actual discussion where the public is brought into the fold rather than finding this out a week before their kid goes back into school. But that's not their goal. Their goal is, is non-transparent policy. Right. And then they're going to shove it under the rug and say, oh, well, we might address it in February. Well, what, what if something happens before then? then well, there what? was already a violent incident out at Mankato East High School. Yep. We saw someone had a, uh, again, I don't know if SROs were in that school or not. They but weren't. They could have been. Yeah. And you saw a, an incident someone caught on camera of 
two two students literally stomping on the head of another student. Right. And the mother was on, I think, KSTP News, KMSP, I forget which news station, just distraught yeah. over, over this. I mean, how, how many? How much of this do we have to how, do we have to endure before the take this issue? It should be an issue in the first place. Yeah. If you would have told me ten years ago that Democrats would be against school safety via school resource officers, or if you would have told anybody that, they wouldn't have believed you. Right. right. Um, that's how far they've gone. I mean, I don't remember them putting this on lit pieces or on their on their radio ads or TV ads when they were running for election in 2022. But here we are, and we're we're talking about it. They called us extreme. This is the most extreme law that's going to be impacting the next generation of leaders. And and in kind of a uh, you know not not a full waving of the white flag, but certainly some of the actions they've taken have acknowledged that this has become a political loser. Uh, Earlier this uh, week. Uh, Representative Dan Wolgamot out of uh, St. Cloud, he posted a photo of himself and other DFL reps with Governor Walls discussing yeah. the school resource issue, resource uh, officer issue. It's a photo op. And, and doggone, if, if those other members weren't uh, vulnerable members of the DFL House Caucus, all barely winning the races by 2 or 3%, you think there would be an election year coming up where they're trying to solidify? Oh, wait a minute! There is a look at that. It. Look so, at that! It's yeah. only about electoral, transparently problems. political. Yes, yes. and that, that's what's so sad. It, we're, this isn't about doing the right thing for them. This is about making sure that their own political hides are are, are protected, and th- that's that's no way to lead. That's no way to govern. And Governor Walls knows that, but he's choosing not to act. You know, th- he has the ability. He is the only one who has the ability to say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna buck some of the the crazy." anti-police, anti-cop, anti-law enforcement members of the House and Senate, and we're going to take some Republican votes and we're going to fix this. And it, it would be one of the um, most profound moments of political leadership, if you were to do so, to set aside his own party politics, the own rhetoric and craziness that's going on in his own party, to do the right thing. I think people would respect him for it, but he doesn't see it as such. He sees it as weakness to go into a special session to ensure that our kids are are more safe at school this year. And it's sad. We need to change. Well, uh good news I guess Attorney Keith Ellison, Attorney General Keith Ellison, uh he issued a legal opinion about this law back in August and then a supplemental opinion Wednesday. So we're good now, Elliot Engen. Oh, right. Anytime you have to issue two opinions, that means it's super super transparent <laughs> as to how this law works. And you know, uh, it it might do some good, it, it, but at the end of the day, this doesn't change the fact that a rogue judge and a rogue prosecutor could still go after an SRO for doing what they need to to keep students safe. Um, this is word salad. It's no action. And that's a, a lot of what we've seen from the DFL. So uh, what specifically have you heard? I, I don't know if you personally or your colleagues uh, from the Minnesota Police and uh, Peace Officers Association, obviously they've had some genuine concerns. And they t- there was a Pioneer Press article that came out this past week where they're talking about how they're going planning to issue guidance to law enforcement members um, and they, they also conceded that Wednesday's meeting with the governor was productive, but it didn't sound like there was an ultimate resolution. So what are you hearing from the MPPOA on, on this particular You know, issue? they've been terrific. We've been in constant contact with them throughout this entire process, which is good because we need to be, we need to be working in the same direction if we want to have results. Um, and you can see it. The, the Democrats are on their heels on this issue. Um, no, they yeah. know that they've stepped in it. And they, you can see it in their rhetoric, but we're still pressing forward. We're going to say this isn't fixed until 100% of the SROs that have been pulled out are back. Um, And that shouldn't be too much to ask. We could have literally done nothing on school safety this past session, and we would be better off for it. But instead, we've gone backwards. We've gone backwards. We couldn't, if we didn't touch a single section of statute that dealt with school safety, we would have been better off. Um, I I proposed some. The the SHIELD Act was something that I really pushed for because I believe that there, there are going to be more issues in our schools. We've seen that through the MDH and MDE study that shows that there's a lot of a lot of students that are battling mental health crisis, mm, right. especially post-COVID. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're seeing only the tip of the iceberg with this. And if it's not resolved next session, as uh, some Democrat politicians, such as uh, Governor Walls, have indicated that they, they want to address this and they've made almost a pledge to do so. Um, if they don't do it, I think we're going to have more schools pull out their SROs next year. And we could be uh, right back to, to step one plus some. Once again, we are joined in studio by Minnesota State Representative Elliot Engen. He representing House District 36A, which is up in the uh, Lionel Lakes 
White Bear Township area. Uh, Representative Angan, we need to take a quick break. Any chance you can hold for another segment with us? Of course. Fantastic. Elliot Angan in studio. And if you'd like to weigh in with a comment or question, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or check us out at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, where we have a live stream of the broadcast up and running. Brad Carlson in for Mitch Berg on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. If you're like most Commerce Water customers, a wet technology softener will save you 700 gallons of water and 300 pounds of salt each year. Get $400 for your old water softener, and Commerce will even haul it away. Call Commerce Water, Commerce.com. Urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000, with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-320-7171. That's 800-320-7171. 800-320-7171. If you're home plans include adding a bedroom in the basement you should be aware that code requires an emergency egress window so any family member rooming downstairs can get out of the house quickly and safely egress windows also supply access to the basement for emergency responders standard water control specializes in egress window installation add light ventilation and value to your home with an egress window now is the perfect time to schedule your consultation visit standardwater.com that's standardwater.com Have you recently received a quote for an exterior home improvement project that was so high it made you seriously consider selling the house instead? In today's market, it's more important than ever to get multiple bids to make sure you're getting the best possible prices on any investment in your home. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. Not only can I provide you the most competitive bids in the Twin Cities for free, but I can guarantee it will be the quickest and easiest way to get them. Whether you need siding, roofing, or windows, I will personally come to your house for a short meeting so we can determine which name brands make the most sense for you and your house. And I'm all about multiple options, so you can have a variety of price points to choose from. A few days later, you'll receive an email from me with the bids attached. I've done the homework on brands and contractors, so you don't have to. It's that simple. No salespeople, no pressure, and no obligation to buy. To set up one short meeting with me, visit GetMyThreeQuotes.com. That's the number three, GetMyThreeQuotes.com. With so many people seemingly determined to abort as many babies as possible and to change our state constitution, you can help a mom make a life decision. With $44 per month, Robbinsdale Women's Center empowers moms to choose life. Donate at rwcinfo.org. Hey, welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg on the headliner edition of the Narn. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, but then all the other stuff is still the same. And call in number six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. And don't forget our live stream at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page is up and running. Gary from War Road as always checks in and says hello. Well, hello back, Gary. Thank you, as always, for uh, checking us out. In studio is Representative Elliot Engen. He of House District 36A in the White Bear Township, Lionel Lakes area. We spent a lot of the uh, first uh, segment talking about school resource officers and how many law enforcement jurisdictions hesitant to have SROs in schools given the new law passed by the DFL will bury it in the education omnibus bill, as Representative Engen Astutely pointed out, and once a lot of this stuff is uncovered, uh, it's amazing how uh, this isn't quite the supermajority support that the DFL is hoping for, specifically because there are a handful of uh, legislative items that were passed 
that are now being subject to uh, to lawsuits, Elliot Engen. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> would certainly be a bad look for the DFL trifecta if a lot of this stuff was kicked in court. Oh, I think it will be. But um, that gives them another bully pulpit. They'll, they'll just claim, hey, it might be unconstitutional, but who cares? Who cares? It, 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 those nuts. dirty Republicans in yeah. that Constitution, that's the only thing that's keeping us from utopia. <laughs> And so it's so odd to see them pass this stuff, knowing that it's going to fail, but they're just trying to move the ball forward, draw a new line in the sand as to what it is that's considered acceptable. They can't sue us for everything. Right. That's kind right. Of their, that seemed to be their mentality. A lot of this stuff they just threw up against the wall and just are seeing what sticks. And yeah. I, and, and I maintain, I've said it many times, my listeners on my show are probably tired of hearing this, but I remember it when the... DF, the last DFL trifecta, twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, and they didn't get nearly as much through as they wanted. They they still did quite a bit, but didn't get nearly as much through as I as they wanted to. And it's almost as if this last session they were governing is like, look, got to get while well, the getting's good. We may never have this trifecta again. We had a we intend on them uh, never having it. Again. Yeah, and that and, is and, the hope. Yeah, and that's the thing though. It, we we need to know that. We need to know that. And. Not only Republicans need to know this is what Democrats will do. I think independents and even former Democrats need to start taking a look at what's being done by this DFL trifecta and say that is not the party of JFK. If JFK ran today, he'd be a center-right conservative. Well, and, and, and so yeah. we, it's time to start saying, okay, I, I'm not leaving the party. The party's left me. That's why we're talking about things like school resource officers out of schools because of Democrat policies. That's not something that they would have gone with in the past, but here we are. And, and you know, it, it's a shame because, you know, a lot of these issues that, that crop up, you know, a lot of these bills that are passed and, you know, the good old mantra, we got to pass them to find out what's in them. <laughs> yeah, we heard that, that a lot. Yeah, that, that's, not, that's not the way we, we, we should be legislating. And there, there should be deliberation. There should be discussion. And, and it was all too often of the DFL saying, hurry up with this debate stuff. Yeah. This is a fait accompli. We've got the votes, you know, you know yeah. make your voice Say what you need heard. to say, but don't make it too long because we want to get right. our, our good night's rest. Well, Look, Milton Friedman said it best. There's no such thing as good and bad policy. There's only trade-offs. Right. And right. the Democrats do not understand this. They will pass a law such as the SRO issue, um, and they'll say, well, this is good because we're taking out a, a very racist system of policing out of our schools. Well, first off, we can have larger discussions about making sure that police are, are effectively and responsibly doing their jobs. We can talk about that. But what we can't sit here and do is make policy that's coming from a place of activism instead of governance. Well, that's just it. Yeah, and this, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know, as, as I was, you know, kind of indicating, these productive discussions aren't happening. I mean, if there are legitimate issues raised by the MPPOA as well as your colleagues in the House and Senate. As well as some attorneys, you know, and of course there's liability issues. Liability insurance companies want to sh- certainly have their finger on the pulse. Right. You get a lot of retorts from anti-police activists saying, "Well, I mean, these people are just upset that police officers can't choke kids. They're just upset. It's like that's you ghoulish. can't re- you can't reason with people like this. It's like no, well, this is these are the issues we're raising. Where are we wrong? We here? know that we're winning on this issue because you have half of the DFL." legislators that are in those swing seats saying, oh, no, this is this is a political issue for me. Yeah, this this right. could result in in me losing a seat. You could see that with the photo op that we referenced earlier. But then you have the other half, the activists who are in those safe blue seats that are saying, no, we don't want those cops in schools. Right. So they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. You better pick a line here, Governor Walls. You better pick a line, Attorney General Ellison. Tell me what you want. Do you want cops in schools or not? Because from everything that I'm seeing, they don't, but they also just don't want the political backlash of saying that out loud. So what can you tell us about uh, this supplemental opinion that A.G. Ellison issued? He called it a binding opinion as if to say, okay, we're good now. I mean, what can right. you tell us about this? Well, I can I can tell you that the first one was, was extremely cumbersome and goofy, and it only added more chaos and confusion, which led to more SROs being pulled out of schools. Um, I can tell you that the second one, it, it it's it's not in good faith. It is better language. It is a better opinion of, of how this law would interact in a potential issue. Um, but it does not change the fact, again, that somebody like Mary Moriarty and a, a Walls or Dayton appointed judge can go back and just not listen to that AGO. So it really means nothing. It's a nothing burger, okay. in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And again, uh, we we all know that uh, A.G. Ellison, not exactly friend of, friend of the police, you know, big no, advocate no. <laughs> for the defund the police initiative that took place in the 2021 uh, elections. And of course, uh, his uh, successor in CD5, Ilan Omar, was championing that. And and Keith Ellison's own son, Jeremiah, barely survived re-election to the right. Minneapolis City Council 
because it so it's it's really difficult to take this at face value given uh, AG Ellison's past activism. It should be impossible to take it at face value. We, we know that uh, Attorney General Ellison is not a friend of of police, um, and he'll go out of his way to ensure that police are chastised, um, the good ones, and that that's what's happening right now. I mean, he might be on a book tour right now talking about that. I don't know if you've seen that his recent book that came out about policing and. Um, he had some pretty inflammatory statements in that book, um, but here we are, and we're going to try to take him at his word for it when he says that, oh, this, this is, don't worry, this is all cleaned up. Don't worry about it. I, I don't buy it. Yeah, and now uh, we, we mentioned your district, Lina Lakes, White Bear area. You, you alluded to schools within your own district yep. have declined to, to participate in the, in the program, so you are hearing from parents Right on the front lines Every of day. this issue. So, what? What are? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming they're conveying a lot of the same issues that you're that you're raising here. Right. The, and well, they're saying, "What can be done? What can I do?" I've, I've had that question come up quite a few times. It'll be a concerned parent who says, "Thank you for fighting on this issue. Thank you for being on the right side of it. What can I do to help fix it?" Contact your DFL legislators. If you're in a seat with a DFL legislator, or if you're not in a seat with a DFL legislator, call on them. Um, I've said, Senator Gustafson, you should be at these discussions. We should be hold, we should be hosting these these uh, long form conversations right, about right. this issue instead of just throwing out that blanket email that a staff member wrote for you and saying, "Oh, we're trying to resolve it." Well, you're not because you you voted for the bill that did it in the first place. So I don't. I again, I don't buy it. They they need to give us more than lip service here. We need some action. Yeah, I mean, there certainly is, uh, you know, bipartisan representation in in your area. I believe the B side of your district is DFL, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, and Senate District Thirty Six, I believe that uh, was that uh, Senator Chamberlain's old. Yep, district? that's correct. Oh, that was heartbreaking. It yeah. was. It was, and he's yeah. a great friend. But, yeah, you know, at, at the same time, we we have to start recognizing that what they say on the campaign trail and how they actually legislate is very, very different. But to your point, right. how powerful could that be if your DFL colleague on the B side as well as uh, DFL? Well, she was in the photo op. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah, right. If they got, <laughs> if you got together and 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 heard out these parents and, and, and addressed their concerns, exactly. I mean, ultimately there may be some disagreement, but at least you're in good faith listening to what these, what these well, people are saying. I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I want that to happen, but I, I don't believe that it will when my – the uh, neighboring house seat in the B side um, is signed on to that letter with 44 or 43 other DFL legislators saying that, no, we will not do a special session and we will not vote to fix this. They don't, they, they actually came out and put it in writing that they don't want to fix this issue. So how do you, how do you reason with that? I don't think you can. So what's going to, I mean, Governor Wells has indicated, I mean, it basically said, you know, we've had productive discussions, yada, yada, yada. I mean, the law is not going to change right now via special session, but he talked about the next uh, legislative session, which will come up early next year, early 2024, that will address it then. What what specifically is going to be addressed if you're not— Oh, we'll call an urgency change? on this. I can okay. guarantee you that. This is going to be brought up every single day until they actually do what they said that they were going to do and um, and actually fix this. So if they don't, we'll, we'll make hay over it because that's what we're fighting for. It, it needs to be done. They've made a promise. It's time to hold their feet to the fire. Well, obviously, you know, we've only got a few minutes left with our uh, in-studio guest, Representative Elliot Engen of House District 36A. Uh, again, have a couple of minutes talking about the 2024 session. It'll be here before we know it. Uh, right. What kind of uh, things has has the DFL at all tipped their hand of some of the other issues they're going to be going after? It's going to be a non-budget cycle, so... Well, uh, no such thing for that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's still going to be some spending that they're going to try to pull. And I think that there's a whole host of policy issues that... Um, they'll be presenting. They they had their to do list checkboard in uh, you know the um, big board in their in their caucus room. I, I'm 100 percent confident that there is another one, and it's our job to press a narrative before they can before they can push a narrative, and then we just simply have to respond to it. I think that's what we as a caucus need to do, and we're we're very good at that. We have a lot of folks who are willing to say what's on their mind and and push it into the media spotlight regardless on if the Star Trib or the Pioneer Press actually reports it. So we can get out in front of this issue amongst a whole other a, a whole host of other ones and make sure that they uh they start to bring some normalcy back in, into that uh house chamber. I was going to say because you know come next session I I have a feeling you're going to see a lot of fingers moist fingers in the wind seeing which way the <laughs> winds blow because 2024 no, an election year uh, 2024 an election year <laughs> Elliot Engen so I yeah. I I, I I'm 
that may be an overly optimistic assessment to say, well, it may not be as bad because a lot of these people vulnerable. Be bad. Yeah, be but bad. they'll they'll make some effort to to, to be sure. So well, definitely, they'll, uh, they'll vote for the wrong things, but say that they didn't want to, or say that they'll, they want to fix it after it's they'll be tightening up. The law. Yeah, yeah, they'll be tightening up the messages. Yeah, because again, twenty twenty four. I mean, obviously, we have the U.S. Senate seat for uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar. It'd be nice if the Republicans uh, get a candidate. Uh, you know, not I think that we will. Not that it ma- uh, not that it matters, but. It could help drive up turnout in in key areas where uh, house seats are are very important. And oh yeah, it's a presidential election year. Turnout right. always seems to get ramped up a little bit. It does ramp up, and I think if you if you ask Minnesotans, this has already been proven. I think American Experiment put out a poll. It, it, are we tra- trending in the right direction as a state? People are overwhelmingly saying no. Um, if you ask that question nationally, people overwhelmingly say no. We are not mm-hmm. trending in the right direction. People are ready for a change, and we're we're saying, hey, give us a shot. Because watch what we can do when we're entrusted with your vote. We can work for you again. Elliot Engen, Minnesota House District 36A, Lionel Lakes, uh, White Bear Township area. Appreciate the time today, sir. Thanks so much. Thanks and, for uh, having me. Best of luck to you and your colleagues going forward. And uh, we'll definitely catch up again soon. We Amen. appreciate the time. Oh, thank you so much. M1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. In for Mitchburg on the headliner edition of the Narn. Go nowhere. Are you searching for a comfortable and welcoming home for an older male relative or friend? Look no further than Deputat Board & Lodge. More than a traditional boarding house, Deputat Board & Lodge is a warm, peace-filled community of men living together in a beautiful historic home. They're well cared for with three square meals a day, laundry service, and staffing round the clock. Deputat Board & Lodge offers semi-private rooms. It's modern with Wi-Fi and state-of-the-art security systems. Plus, it's close to the bus line. Residents do need to be able to navigate stairs. The Deputat family has been running Deputat Board and Lodge for 53 years, and their average residence stays for 17 years. To find out if Deputat Board and Lodge is right for your ambulatory male relative or friend, go to deputatboardandlodge.com. That's D-E-P-U-T-A-T, Deputat, a traditional boarding house that offers a non-traditional change of pace. Deputatboardandlodge.com. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marian Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. TV news. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Hey, welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is the headliner edition of the Narn Sands, the headliner, Mitch Bird. Mitch is away on assignment, but fear not, Mitch is in for me tomorrow on the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network from one to three p.m. But yeah, we are here to take your phone calls, regardless. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. 
You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for comments or questions. And again, we have our live stream of the broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So if you want to check us out there and uh, leave a comment or a question on uh, that particular social media site, please feel free to do so. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. And again, appreciate uh, Representative Elliot Engen uh, stopping by, uh, driving uh, all the way down uh, 35E to get here. And uh, we had a nice chat even before the show, just kind of catching up a little bit. Uh, fun to see him finally uh, win his race. I know he lost a very close race in 2020. And then in 2022, uh, we, all, we had him on again as a uh, candidate. And he uh, got over the finish line. So definitely a bright young star in the legislative session. Again, the youngest member of the entire Minnesota legislature. I think uh, by about 100 days or so, I, there's a female senator uh, who was touted as the youngest member of the legislature, and uh, our good friend NASCAR Kelly set them, I believe it was NPR, uh, NASCAR Kelly set them straight and says, uh, yeah, I, I, my uh, representative up here, he's actually a bit younger. So uh, kudos to our friend, uh, friend of the broadcast, NASCAR Kelly Gunderson, for uh, making that clarification. Uh, anyways, want to uh, transition to some national news. So to kind of, this is kind of a uh, trend here where more and more it feels like the movie Idiocracy is a documentary. If you've, ever, if you've not seen Idiocracy, you need to see the movie. Uh, I think it was uh, set in the year, what, like 2306 or something like that. I, I forget, but. Whatever the case, we're we're a few centuries ahead of schedule, if you believe that uh, movie and where that's headed. And I'm talking specifically about a uh, a ruling that came down in the Senate. Uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer uh, came out with a rule that he quietly changed. Well, first of all, I need to say this: uh, I was told that if I voted to reelect. Donald Trump for president in 2020, that there would continue to be a destruction of norms in Washington, D.C. And they were right. Because, yes, I've, I've admitted I voted for Donald Trump for president in 2020. And there are now a destruction of norms in Washington, D.C. What am I talking about? Well, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has quietly changed the Senate's informal dress code to allow senators to wear whatever they want on the floor a person with direct knowledge told NBC News. A notice went out to the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms and relevant staff members late Friday, and the change will go into effect starting Monday, the source said. The change would let Senator John Fetterman, a Democrat out of Pennsylvania, who is often seen wearing a hoodie and baseball shorts, wear his casual attire on the Senate floor whenever he wants. Fetterman, who was elected in last year's midterm elections, wore a suit and tie at his swearing-in in January. However, he has worn casual clothes after he returned to the Senate following treatment for clinical depression this year. So this is, this is really part of a larger trend that Democrats seem to want to cater to an infinitesimal minority within their caucus. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the 2020 Democrat presidential debate when you had myriad candidates running to be the nominee to go up against then-President Trump. And it was Julian Castro. He, I believe he served in the Obama administration. I forget what capacity it was. doesn't really matter, but he was running for president. And he was part of the caucus that was willing to not only stand up for abortion rights, but also protect, you know, to bring abortion justice. And it, basically any trans illegal alien would get free abortions, including trans women getting free abortions. Trans women. You want to talk about a minority. Again, trans women that need abortions? Think on that for a little bit. So this is this is again this is kind of a greater trend that the Democrats are are catering to. And Eric Erickson, uh, conservative commentator, uh, Spencer, we have this ready. Cut number one. Uh, he kind of made this observation recently as well. Uh, it's about a minute long. Let's go with cut number one. Democrats 
are more and more willing to upend the norms of civilization to cater to the smallest minority groups. Take transgenderism. Uh, You could be out of a job in America for refusing to acknowledge the proper pronouns of someone, and it's like five-tenths of a percent at most of the American population that you got to humor. And the Democrats demand that you humor that one crazy person who doesn't know whether they're boy or girl, uh, despite being able to pull down their pants and tell. The same thing with John Fetterman in the United States Senate. All, all the years of tradition and decorum in the Senate must be upended because one man who can't put words together without tripping in the United States Senate seems incapable of dressing himself. And therefore, no one in the Senate has to dress themselves anymore. They could all show up naked, and Chuck Schumer would be fine with it because of one moron from Pennsylvania who is incapable of putting on anything other than a hoodie and shorts. Democrat. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, that was a little harsh by Eric, uh, you know, um, referring to Senator Fetterman as a moron. I mean, you know, Eric knows as well as anybody that. Uh, you know, Senator Fenderman had legitimate health issues. He suffered a stroke in, I think, May of 2022 uh, around the primary, uh, the Democrat primary, which he ended up winning. And then, of course, was the Democrat candidate uh, in Pennsylvania and was constantly going on the campaign trail in that attire, a sloppy shirt or a hoodie and, and shorts. And uh, his uh, his and we were told that his recovery was going well despite the fact he wasn't out on the campaign trail very often, and despite the fact he kept refusing debates with his Republican opponent, Dr. Mehmet Oz, until a few weeks before Election Day. Well, by that time, Pennsylvania, which is a big early voting state, a lot of people cast early votes for John Fetterman and then saw his debate performance, and they're like, oh, my God, what have I done? Because he couldn't put together a coherent sentence. And again, that's not because he's stupid or a moron, he's got legitimate health issues, a stroke, which affects your ability to speak and think coherently. That's that's just a fact. And instead of addressing that issue head on, and instead of saying, you know what, if we're going to question the mental fitness of a President Joe Biden or a Senator Mitch McConnell or a Senator Dianne Feinstein, why isn't it fair game that we address the proverbial elephant in the room with John Fetterman? And of course, a lot of people, when this, you know, this, a lot of the storylines were drawn. Oh, Republicans pounce on Chuck Schumer changing the dress code. We've got bigger fish to fry. I mean, that was a common refrain to all this. We got bigger fish to fry than worrying about what senators wear on the Senate floor. And again. This is part of a greater issue that there's just no standards anymore for anything. There should be basic standards for a deliberative body. And I get it. The U.S. Senate, it, you hear a lot of the stuff coming out of the U.S. Senate, and it sounds like a lot of caricatures and a lot of goofy stuff that they're focused on. Yeah, I acknowledge that. But do we want to further undermine it? Do we want to further destroy norms? I mean, that, that was the whole reason Trump was gotten rid of. Well, Trump is a... Is a uh, uh, the destruction of norms is our biggest concern with a Donald Trump presidency, so we have to vanquish him and, and never let that happen again. And it's got worse since Trump has left. So Trump wasn't the problem. Trump was just one of the many symptoms. It was just more exacerbated because, well, he was a, Repub- a Republican. But Guy Benson via Twitter, I thought, made a very salient point uh, regarding this whole issue. You know, he says, of course... This isn't the biggest problem we face. Not even close, but it's part of a broader societal slouch. People defend it by saying it's easier for this particular senator to dress this way because of his condition. That may be the case. John McCain lived with daily pain from his war torture, yet he managed to adhere to the standards. Mark Kirk suffered a bad stroke, yet he managed to adhere to the standards. Tammy Duckworth is a double amputee with limited mobility in another limb. Yet she managed to adhere to the standards. This is a choice. And he's absolutely right. It is a choice. And it brings a broader question that Jim Garrity at National Review raised this past week. Does John Fetterman really even want to be a senator? I mean, he kind of became this cult of personality among Democrats. If you look at, and Jim Garrity did the work on this, 
If you look at all of the profiles done on John Fetterman before he ran for Senate, because he was a he was a lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, uh, and before that he was a mayor of a uh, Rust Belt town uh, in, I believe it was uh, Braddock, Pennsylvania. And Jim Garrity made the point that this was a uh, place that was so devastated by decades of economic decline that it was used as a filming location for the post-apocalyptic movie The Road. That's how bad it was. And John Fetterman was mayor of that town. And really, whenever there was a profile done of him, they always talked about his towering eye. Well, he's this big galoot, not your uh, typical politician. He's six foot eight, 300 pounds, bald, goatee, and he's got this long wingspan where you can see these huge tattoos on his forearm. You know, I mean, he, was, he became a personality cult. These people that were doing these glowing profiles of John Fetterman because the DFL, or not the DFL, the Democrat Party, National Democrat Party, they like their freak show candidates. And again, there's nothing wrong with looking different. There's nothing wrong at all with that. But if you can't even adhere to the norms of the job or perform basic duties of the job, why in it? Why are you there? And John Fetterman has flat out said that he thinks the institution is dumb. And again, I'll read it quickly from Jim Garrity's piece, and we'll go to, go to a break. Uh, back in October of 2022, when a Pittsburgh radio show ho- ho- host asked Fetterman, will you wear your hoodie on the Senate floor? The then-candidate Fetterman responded, I'm only going to wear what you're supposed to wear in whatever dress code. Well, I guess that's kind of out the window. So, uh, yeah, as a result, Schumer drops the dress code. And again, as Eric Erickson pointed out, this is what Democrats do. They appeal to this infinitesimal minority. And again, I'll I'll finish with a couple paragraphs of Garrity's piece. Should John Fetterman be a senator for his own sake? By his own admission, he thinks the institution is fixated on dumb things and hates being away from his family. Within a few weeks of his arrival, he was struck by crippling depression that required hospitalization. And he's also attempting to recover from a life-threatening stroke. The state of Pennsylvania has roughly 12 million people. Are we absolutely sure there's nobody else in the state who could do this job? Allow me to offer a completely different theory on Fetterman's insistence that he keep wearing his old clothes when at work in the Senate. Pretend you must describe John Fetterman to someone who's never seen or heard of him without referring to his appearance. He's not known for his soaring oratory. In fact, it's not likely that you remember anything in particular he's ever said. He's not known for being a bipartisan dealmaker. As lieutenant governor, he rarely ingratiated himself with members of the Pennsylvania legislature. He was mayor of Braddock, a small town where I alluded to earlier, uh, was so devastated by economic decline it was used in a post-apocalyptic movie. I'd never seen the movie The Road, but I guess uh, it's a post-apocalyptic film. Uh, Fetterman meant well as mayor, but it's hard to say the town experienced a remarkable renaissance during his tenure. And as lieutenant governor, Fetterman worked the lightest of schedules. His daily schedule was blank during roughly one-third of workdays from January 2019 when he first took office to May of 2022 when he suffered a serious stroke. So what is John Fetterman known for? The way he looks and the way he dresses. So when he showed up in a suit and tie in his debate with Dr. Mehmet Oz and we showed up in a suit in a suit and tie during his swearing in ceremonies and in his first few days as a senator. Okay, now what? Now his identity was basically gone. That's really all they seem to care about. So again, they 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 are catering to this person who clearly is not up for the job. Isn't it amazing? Uh Democrats you know, they're the party of a, of strong women advocating for women, yet they're trying to push Dianne Feinstein out the door. But they don't do the same with Fetterman, who you would argue is absent as almost as much as she is. So, yeah, absolutely crazy. We'll uh, wrap up this hour when we come back in mere moments. Me, Brad Carlson, in for Mitch Berg. On the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. 
hashtag Narn Show, or check us out on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Back in mere moments with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. Hello, my name is Grant Pilkus, and I'm from Invergrove Heights. I have some concrete work that I was doing. I brought along a set of knee pads that were less than adequate, Five hours later, what I ended up with was some really, really nasty burns on my knees. They were red and swollen and in tough shape. I showed it to one of the uh, nurse practitioners. You're in for 12, 14 weeks of treatment. I thought about Jen and uh, Generations Regen. I'm going to give her a call. She took a good look at the knees and she said, I really think this will help. This is a wave therapy of some kind. She did one treatment. The knees started to heal very, very rapidly, and Jennifer did a tremendous job. The reason I would recommend it is it will accelerate the healing. There's no question in my mind. Experience healing and restoration with Genovations Regen. Search Genovations Regen. That's G-E-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-S Regen. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. Don't let the settled concrete around and in your home be a problem any longer. Hi, I'm John Lamore, owner of Expert Concrete Raising. We use a high-density polyurethane foam to lift and fill the voids beneath your sidewalk, driveway, patio, and more. It's a permanent, non-invasive solution that uses a much smaller drilled hole than your typical mudjacking repair. With over 18 years of experience, we are your go-to for concrete lifting. Fix your uneven concrete today. For a free estimate, contact your professionals at expertconcreteraising.com. That's expertconcreteraising.com. Hey, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. Here's who we are. We're roofers that give free, no-obligation, honest inspections. For real. We'd be honored if you look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. Hey, welcome back. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for the headliner, Mitch Berg, on today's broadcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Again, 651, excuse me, 289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have the live stream up and running. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. So I was talking about uh, kind of the destruction of norms in the Senate where they're just throwing out the dress code to accommodate John Fetterman because, ah, he just doesn't feel like uh, putting on a suit and tie. And, hey, this is my identity. I'm wrapped up in my identity, the uh, the loose T-shirt or loose polo shirt or hoodie as well as the the shorts and tennis shoes. I mean, that that's what I'm about. And before the, the kind of the informal rule was, is like if you're not going to adhere the, to the dress code, kind of the informal dress code, I don't know that it was ever – um, set in stone, but if you're not going to adhere to it, you can at least yell your votes from the hallway. Can't You just can't come into the Senate chamber. Well, uh, apparently they wanted Senator Fetterman back in the Senate chamber, and then uh, he presided over the Senate recently wearing that, uh, that loose shirt and those shorts. So uh, there has been pretty much bipartisan opposition to this, thinking that there should be some standard, basic standards to adhere to, uh, and it just could open up a big can of worms. I I would love to see a senator in protest. You know, go in there, kind of wear an I don't know, 
like uh, Chuck Grassley. I think he just turned 90. Wouldn't you love to see Chuck Grassley go in like a hip-hop outfit, you know, like with the gold medallion and the uh, and the all that get up, however the, however the hip-hop uh, genre dresses these days? Yeah, just to prove a point. It's like, what? You know, it's uh, said we didn't have to wear a suit and tie. Yeah. But this, this just kind of underscores a bad week for Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, it some news came out a couple of days ago. Uh, Bob Menendez, the corrupt, the perpetually corrupt senator out of New Jersey, now there he's being indicted on bribery charges, and there's some pretty significant in, evidence against him. Again, innocent till proven guilty. I understand that, but nevertheless, despite knowing that this investigation into Menendez had been going on for quite some time. Chuck Schumer kept him on as chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. A sitting senator that was being credibly investigated for bribery was kept on as the chair of the Foreign Relations Committee. And how about the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? You know, there were a lot of military personnel that were up for promotions or confirmations for seven months, basically since the session began earlier this year, and they were not confirmed. Well, Tommy Tuberville, the Republican senator out of Alabama, was being thrown under the bus for that. And he what happens is there could be, there was like 300 nominees that were in limbo. And how the Senate works is if, if if there's unanimous consent to say, hey, we would just like to confirm all of these nominees and put through all of these promotions. It has to be done by unanimous consent, all senators and Senator Tuberville of Alabama refused to give that, saying, no, I'm not going to do that because he took issue with the Pentagon's abortion policy. Because after Roe was overturned, the Pentagon took on this abortion policy, which covered some expenses for military personnel seeking to terminate a pregnancy. And Senator Tuberville had an issue with that and said, well, um, that's not the way that should be done. That needs to be overturned. And if you're not going to overturn that, then I'm not going to give my consent to these confirmations. So guess what? You'll have to do each of these individually. And Senator Schumer continued to refuse to do so. You even had military members, members of the military, high-ranking military members going on CNN, including one gentleman, I forget his name, he uh, he was born in a communist country, basically said, well, you know, I was born in a communist country, and I expect stuff like this to happen here, but a U.S. senator holding up these confirmations, that's just a disgrace, which a lot of these people were in interim positions that they were going to be confirmed for, so... The fact that this was some big crisis just wasn't the case. Well, long story short, Schumer blinked and acknowledged, yeah, we can confirm each of these nominees on an individual basis. So Senator Schumer wasted seven months' time refusing to confirm these people because Tuberville didn't give consent to do it unanimously. So heck of a week for Senator Schumer. Hour number one of the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. Me, Brad Carlson, in for Mitch Berg on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Get ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. I married a tough one. Tammy's a tough woman. First thing she did when we got married was take my spine away from me. She keeps it in her purse. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's Are We There Yet comedy tour. Three o'clock in the morning. I heard a noise. Here's your spine. Go down and see what it was. Comedian Jeff Allen will be in town on Thursday, November 16th, and you can save up to $10 per ticket. Just visit am1280thepatriot.com. Arby's computer.
You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. For over a century, local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community. We move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.